Hello and welcome to the Final Siren Podcast. It's another edition of our Pocket Podcast series, thanks to Draft Central. I'm your host, Peter Williams, Draft Central Chief Editor. And of course, today I'm joined once again by AFL Draft Editor, Michael Alvaro. Michael, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Pete. Pleasure to be on as always. So today we're going to be recapping the second under-19 championships game between West Australia and South Australia, which was won in a a dramatic fashion uh, by the Sandgropers on AFL Grand Final Day. It was certainly a a better contest than the first one. It went right down to the wire. So that's what we're going to be running through today, perhaps how it went down, some of the better players and, and what we took out of the game, including a couple of injuries. So I guess without any further ado, let's sort of get stuck straight into it. So really, uh, obviously the game was this year's AFL grand final curtain raiser. It was over in Perth. Um, Michael, it was a great opportunity to sort of see these players uh, put their names in light on the big stage. What did you sort of make of it? Yeah, absolutely. It was always a great opportunity on grand final day. Obviously, usually we have that, um, you know, under, under 17s futures game as the showcase piece, but uh, with all the lockdowns and restrictions in, in other states, uh, this is what we got. And, and it was a good game um, in terms of competitiveness. Obviously, we had a lot of big names missing, but, um, you know, still a few first rounders out there and some bottom ages coming in for both sides as well, which is really good to see. So, um, you know, overall, it probably wasn't as, uh, you know, it probably didn't have the top end class as, as game one did, but we still uh, got a pretty good show and, and lead into the AFL grand final. Yeah, the two of the more prominent uh, clubs, if you like, that are sort of developing talent for their respective states in East Fremantle and South Adelaide, of course, playing in the final series, respectively, in their states. So unavailable, including obviously uh, a number of top 10 prospects. Uh, but those who did play, uh, there were a couple of best of fields. Matthew Johnson for WA, uh, obviously for the winners, and then Blaine O'Loughlin for South Australia. Michael, tell us a bit about their games and I guess why they really were chosen as the best on ground for their teams. Yeah, well, Matthew Johnson really stood up. Obviously, he had, uh, he had a, a few of his fellow midfield brigades or fellow midfielders out uh, in Josh Brown and, and Corey Warner. But, um, you know, he once again took out the... Uh, I guess the the leading ball winning role for Western Australia, and he was just really classy once again. Um, you know, just uses the ball really well by foot. Was able to find plenty of the ball, and um, was probably just I guess the the most polished looking West Australian out there, and, and that's why he was the best of field, and I think a, a pretty good choice for that as well. Um, and then for South Australia, Blaine O'Loughlin again, just a, a kid who wins so much of the ball, um, and he was a really key driver out of defence for. The Crow Eaters, just a really constant repellent for them, um, you know, pretty quick across the ground and, and tends to use the ball by foot most of the time. And um, while that might be hit and miss, usually he's, he's a pretty good user. So, um, yeah, he, he was another good choice for best of field uh, for the SA there. And, um, I mean, there were plenty of others to stand out. But, um, yeah, as I said, a really even match and uh, a few good players out there. And just on O'Loughlin, obviously, because no doubt a lot of Crow supporters will be uh, have watched the game and then sort of be wondering because we do have the NGA prospects. Obviously, hasn't really featured at the, at the top end of the draft. Um, I just, from a Crows fan's perspective, no doubt they're going to be asking, where about do you sort of see his range, given that they have to potentially match a bid on him? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up because I, I did overlook that. Um, but yeah, he is part of the, the Crows NGA. And I'd say that um, he'll be yeah, very safe um, from that sort of top 20 range where, where you can match bids. Um, he's probably one who will slide through past, I guess, the 40 mark. So, 
um, crows will get him at, at a really good rate um, and good value. I can't see him, um, you know, pushing too far into that second round, but he, he's a good player and, um, yeah, should provide plenty of quality as a small defender. Uh, now we'll go sort of, I guess, to the end of the game because it did have that sort of frantic finish. Uh, it looked the whole match like WA was going to get the job done. And then obviously South Australia came home uh, with a wet sail and really um, got in front with the last sort of 90 seconds on the clock. There was a behind late, I think it's from Becker. And and then they ran it down the uh, end of the ground. And uh, Jacob Van Ruen, who sort of was playing defence basically all game, uh, just happened to be there for some reason um, and and kicked a winning goal, which was effectively the last real kick of the game. So I guess what on earth was he doing there? And uh, what, like the surprise, I guess, from of everyone you were sort of expecting to kick the winning goal, he probably uh, wasn't the one you um, would have guessed to have done it. Yeah, well, I, I mean, in context, no, but... If, if you looked at, I guess, the match report, um, having not watched the game, you think, oh, yeah, Van Ruin kicks a goal, match winner, cool, he's a key forward, that's, you know, that's normal. But, of course, he's played down back for WA and um, and did so for this game as well and just somehow, um, you know, snuck forward in that last 30 seconds, got the ball and steadied really well, kicked uh, kicked truly and, um, you know, he was just the man, I guess, that they needed to, to convert that match winner. He did it so well. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a surprise sort of in the moment that it was him uh, who popped up and, and got the handball and then kicked the goal. But, um, yeah, it was a timely sort of foray forward for the West Australians and he did it really well. Yeah, prior to that, both teams were sort of down a player. There were a couple of injuries from the game, a couple of first-round potential prospects getting injured, unfortunately. Um, Jai Amos, who's uh, been a really accurate key forward for Western Australia and someone who's really bolted up the order this year and, and Arlo Draper as well. Obviously he was the sole South Adelaide prospect out of the trio we've come to know with Horn, Francis and Roberts. He was the one that was able to play, not in the senior team this week. Uh, both of them unfortunately got injured throughout the game. So what impact do you think that has uh, on their sort of stocks or, and also as well on the game, whether that impacted the match at all? Yeah, obviously, Jai Amis went down. Um, he's one who's been looking really, really sore, I guess, over the last few weeks after his massive run of kicking multiple goals in every game. He was held goalless um, in his last two Waffle Colts outings, so looked a little bit worse to wear and just kept, I guess, hurting himself in marking contests. And, and one ended up being the final straw where he sort of limped off um, and didn't see any more action. But um, yeah, as you said, he's one who's really bolted up the standings this year and I wouldn't say it affects his draft stocks too much, but in terms of the game, um, you know, WA has had a wealth of, of key position players. So there was one position to go down. That was probably one that they could afford to. Um, and then Arlo Draper for South Australia, obviously I think it looks like a collarbone or shoulder injury there. Got hit pretty, uh, pretty hard in a contest and he was playing pretty well off half back to that point, which is an interesting move. He's obviously pretty classy and versatile. So um, was able to show that in, in bits before he got injured. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say his draft standing would be impacted too much as well. He's had a couple of injuries this year, um, obviously with the ankle previously. But, um, yeah, he showed a bit of class and will probably be around that first round mark as well. Definitely. And obviously there were a number of other standouts sort of on the ground. Uh, obviously, I'll get your thoughts. And Isaiah Wangani Malira, again, just stood out. Um, he, he may well be the first picked on that ground that was playing. Obviously, we had a few that were out. Um, he was certainly one that sort of caught the eye and um, felt like they really did uh, well from that perspective. But uh, who, who was sort of behind particularly 
um, the WA group because it was such an even group. Who were some of the ones perhaps from the winners that you saw that uh, really caught the eye? I thought their inclusions are really, really handy. Like um, you look at Jones who came in, Richard Farmer, um, you know, they were really good. Kane Bevan moved into the midfield, um, you know, a couple of bottom agents obviously in that group. And then Jed Buzzlinger and Sam Gilby down back, um, just really, really handy players who all played their role. Obviously the skipper Finn Gorringe was really solid in that defensive post and, and found plenty of the ball and, I was pretty impressed by the way he used it too. So they had that solid core group. And, and then you look at the likes of James Tunstall, obviously Johnson, best of field. Um, Jackson Broadbent, two in the ruck, had a really good game, another bottom major. So they had contributors all across the ground at different stages. Um, and Lockie Payton is one who I should mention too. Um, was pretty handy off half forward. So um, yeah, I just think that that West Australian team is a really solid group overall. They've played a lot of footy together um, and they just seem to to blend really well as a team um, if you look at South Australia obviously Wanganee Malera I think he just always seems to be the best player of field um, in every sort of under 19s game he plays at least the most polished um, and that was the case again and I thought their inclusions a bit like South uh, Western Australia were good Adam Deloya through midfield um, Harvey Harrison and Shea Link got into that engine room with Manny Liddy and um yeah, they had a good even team spread. Isaiah Dudley was really handy up forward, kicked a couple goals. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, a few solid players across the board there and, and a couple, obviously, that stood out. Yeah, for sure. Kate Dittmer, another one for WA who had plenty of it. And Harry Lemmy, obviously, one for next year, impressed up forward. Uh so there were plenty of names to keep an eye on, not just this year, but next year as well. And NGA prospects we should run, uh, we should note as well with obviously Dudley uh, and Farmer as well as, as a couple of those that are that are coming through. So there's a few sort of late ones there, uh, potentially, obviously with O'Loughlin. So um, there's a few others that are that missed out on playing through injury or other selection. We'll sort of run through a few of the names. We've got Horn, Francis and Roberts, obviously were playing uh, Sandful preliminary final. And uh, yeah, for anyone who watched that game, Horn Francis went all right in that one. Um, so pretty much killed it. Um, obviously, Jace Burgoyne uh, injured himself a couple of weeks back. So he's still out. Uh, and then you've got Warner, Williams, Brown and Bazo all still uh, were basically playing East Frio, were running around in their, in their game, I should say, in the waffle. So um Michael, how, how do you sort of judge players um, based on that uh, in terms of the under-19 championships and perhaps their senior footy and, and relating that back to power rankings, which are coming up very, very soon? Yeah, well, there's not much more ceiling for Jason Horn francis to crack. Um, so, you know, he's uh, he gets better and better. That was an unbelievable performance, as you alluded to there. Um, you know, Matthew Roberts was solid as well, kicking a couple goals in that game, but... Um, you know, we, we've been crying out for players to get opportunity and Jace Burgoyne missing out um, this week and obviously in the Sample under-18s grand final um, might cost him a bit. But, um, yeah, obviously the guys that all played Waffle Colts um, in, you know, Corey Warner, Jack Williams, uh, Brown and, and Rhett Bazo there for Swan Districts, um, you know, they'll that, still get an opportunity to shine on the big stage in that grand final. And, um, you know, there's going to be a game three as well. So there's still plenty to take in in terms of rankings. Um, you know, we'll have ours out uh, pretty much next week um, as soon as October rolls around. So, um, yeah, exciting and a lot of names that um, probably haven't risen, you know, we don't have the same big rises, but more so guys who have just consolidated their spots. Um, and I think you'll see that 
in the next list of 30. Sounds exciting. Now, there's still some future fixtures, we should say, for the championships. The teams have got a little bit more. Uh, the next one uh, is going to be SA and the Allies coming up this Sunday at Adelaide Oval. Uh, I guess, first off, Michael, what do you sort of make of that game? We did see the uh, Queensland against Tassie. We do know that they're going to be without their New South Wales proportion. So from, a, I guess, if you're a draft perspective, Josh Fay as well as a, a few others that got draft combine invites. Uh, how do you sort of see that match shaping up first off? And then obviously then I'll just quickly mention SA playing WA on the 10th uh, before the combines and, of course, the draft later on. But um, SA versus Allies, what are you looking forward to in that game? Just looking forward to seeing him out there, to be honest. Um, you know, we've had SA versus WA um, a couple of times now, which is great. Um, and we'll get them a third time as well, as you mentioned there. But um, yeah, it'd be good to see the allies come together. Obviously, you mentioned Tasmania and Queensland played out, um, I guess, an audition for the allies squad. And um, yeah, there are a few impressive plays there. But I think SA would probably have their measure at the moment, especially with, um, you know, the, the plays from New South Wales out. Um you know, with guys like Jason Horn Francis possibly coming back, Matthew Roberts um, could even get Burgoyne in there if he recovers from his knock. So um, there's plenty of class still to be had in that SA squad if they can get him back. And yeah, I think they would have the Allies measure, but it'd be a good contest and just good to see them competing against one another. And Allies will also be under strength, is worth mentioning too, aside from the New South Wales ACT. Uh, Sam Banks, obviously still out at the moment. Bodie Ulan's out for the season. Austin Harris didn't play on the weekend. So um, there's, there's a few of their top-end talent also still missing from that lineup, which does, I guess, give some opportunities to some of the other players coming through. Yeah, absolutely it does. And obviously, you know, with the Queensland lot, there's, there's always those academy players who fans of Brisbane and Gold Coast are keen to see. So, um, yeah, as you mentioned, it's a game of opportunity. And if those guys can stand up and, and really show their wares, then, um, you know, it might give them a really good crack at being drafted. So, as we mentioned, that's this Sunday, October 3, coming up at Adelaide Oval. Uh, and then SA and WA is playing again, as we mentioned, on October 10. So another week later. And then we're going to get cracking towards the drafts uh, there's going to be the Combine uh, and then the National Draft, a two-day event, of course, November 24 and 25, but we'll have plenty more information on that coming up. So, of course, that's all we've got time for today in regards to our Pocket Podcast. Thanks for joining us for, an, uh, for another Final Siren podcast, I should say. Um, thank you, Michael, for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Pete. You got there in the end. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there was plenty of representative footy around the nation anyway in the past week. So make sure you stay tuned for another wrap of that coming up very soon in our podcast form. Uh, we're going to be looking at some of the other clashes outside of the SAWA that we sort of alluded to there with Queensland and Tassie. Uh, and of course, we've got our draft profiles that are starting to roll out next week. So make sure you stay tuned and keep an eye out on afl.draftcentral.com.au and on our socials. Uh, at Draft Central Oz AUS on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And there may just be a surprise coming next week in regards to the site. So make sure you keep an eye out because we might have an announcement later in the week in regards to that. Uh, but certainly, I think there's going to be a lot of exciting times. So until next time, thanks for joining us. Thanks.